Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. But I would say that whenever you see a present, there's something that leaps up within you. Amen. Just the thought that somebody gave you a present. Now, for those that have given me presents that, that, that don't demand that I open them immediately, I always save all my presents to Christmas Day. I put them up under the tree. My wife says, why don't you just open it? They gave it to you a week ago. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. So uh, Brother Juan gave me a present uh, the other night and said, now, Pastor, I put some meaning into this. I said, Brother Juan, if you don't mind, I'm going to wait and open this up on Christmas Day. Because I didn't want him to give me that gift and then... I never text him back and say, thank you for the gift, da, 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 da. He'd be like, I wonder if he even got that gift. He must not like that gift. I don't know what's going on with that gift. I just like that anticipation and that expectation. Come on, somebody. I wonder what's in it. And so if I can crucify my flesh long enough, I can wait it out. I don't have to sneak no peeks. I don't have to steam it open. <laughs> Reseal it. <laughs> Come on now. Anticipation. And that's the way it is when you get a gift, isn't it? You're like, oh. And if you ever open a gift and you're like, all right. <laughs> if you've got people in your family that you know they hard to buy for, just go ahead and tape the receipt underneath the present. Go ahead and bless them. And if you'll know right away whether they like it or not, if they say, oh, look. <laughs> I don't know what your reaction is going to be, but I know for me that when I've had anticipation and expectation, that comes when people give things to you, an envelope, a card, or a, a gift. And, and, and so when you receive a gift, now we know the Bible said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Amen. Look over somebody and say, he's talking to you right there because I'm next in line for a miracle. <laughs> it is more blessed to give. <laughs> Amen. We really shout on that one, don't we? <laughs> we were shouting for somebody to give to us. But there is an excitement of opening a gift. And I know it's not about opening up gifts and we know it's not about Santa and we know it's not about Frosty and Rudolph, although Rudolph was needed this morning in the fog, wasn't he? But we, 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 we're not all about that. We know the reason for the season and his name is Jesus and he is the greatest gift of all, amen. But I remember when I was about seven or eight years old, one year for Christmas, and I took a picture and I put it up on the screen. This is me, the year that I got a sleeping bag, Superman, Luke Skywalker, and Batman. All rolled up into one. I'm telling you, that was the best Christmas I ever had. And then next, the next year, or that year, going into the next year, we had an evangelist come through that preached against Star Wars and my mom took my Luke Skywalker. Every time we had an evangelist, I lost something along the way. 
Come on, smile. <laughs> that was such a great year. It had to have been about 77 or 78. Somebody Google or ask Sister Siri when Star Wars came out because that would have been about the time that I actually got that. And I'm telling you, I was so tickled I had my eyes shut. But what happened when I opened up those gifts, something was exciting. When I saw them under the tree and I came down on Christmas morning, I ran down and I looked at the gifts and I was so excited. And I just, you know, that was back in the day when you had, uh, you know, that, that fire, catch on fire tinsel that you would hang on the tree. And, and back in the day when the bulbs, those big bulbs were so hot that if you touched it, it would burn you. And yet that didn't stop you from laying underneath a tree trying to look up and the ball be this close to your face. I was in a tanning bed and didn't even know it. It was dangerous having that kind of Christmas tree and those Christmas bulbs and that tinsel. And we've just, have you ever been to somebody's house? They had the whole tree tinseled up. You couldn't see nothing but a tinsel. And we all have the way we decorate and the way we do our gifts. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person, I like to buy a bag and stick my gift in a bag and just hand it to people. There you go. My wife, she's got the ironing board out. She's got the, the, the ruler and the tape and the scissors right. She's sharpened them up. And she got every crease in place. And she just kind of let me know a couple days ago that that's how she prefers to get her gifts. And I said, I thought you said you didn't want anything this year. <laughs> Come on, my brothers. When she, when she responded and said, well, uh, if, you, if you decide not to wrap, I did leave some bags over here. And again, my question was, I said, I thought you said you didn't want anything this year. I thought I was your gift. better thank God for Amazon because they got a quick turnaround. I can get it today. I can get it today. But when you look at a gift, no matter if it's creased and pressed and everything's right and the bow is shiny, I mean, we put a lot of work into that to impress folk, don't we? I mean, here we have to travel to Ohio to see our family and, and get those gifts there with not a wrinkle in them. That is hard for a man to do. I'm just like, just stick it here in this trash bag. We'll, get, we'll take everything, load it up. But when you get the gift, you want it to look nice. So we would say that the gift has an outer appearance. Everybody say outer appearance. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the outward, outward, outward appearance or the outward trappings, if you will, of the season we're in. Even the decorations on the street we live in, everybody's just gone real crazy with lights and I appreciated that because it makes it real fun when the grandchildren come over and, they, and the whole street is lit up. And so not to be outdone, I'm out there hanging my lights and, and uh, you know, doing what I'm doing because I want our kids and the grandbabies to have a great experience when they come over, but I'm not competing with anybody. I mean, this isn't, you know, I'm not Chevy Chase and I'm not trying to compete with nobody across the street and I'm not caught up in just all the festivities. I know it's all great and it's all grander and, it, and it's, it's all fun, but in our society as a whole, 
we are drawn to outward appearance. We're drawn to how much weight we can lose. There, there are people right now that can't even get their medicine because uh, people are using diabetic medicine to lose weight on. Oh, y'all know about that? You're on Facebook, aren't you? <laughs> we are interested in the outward appearance. How white can my teeth be? How tan can a white person get? How light can a black or brown person get? Come on, somebody. How much hair can I have this week? Come on. We, and I'm not saying it's wrong to take care of yourself. I'm glad the person sitting next to me took care of themselves this morning. I know you're glad. But let us not be drawn so much to the outward appearance. God does not look on the outward as much as he looks on the inward. There's a verse for that in 1 Samuel 16 and 7 when Samuel the prophet went down to anoint the new king and the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So with the outward present and the outward gift, it may look good, but inside there might be an old chunk of cheese that stinks. It may look good on the outside, but God said, I don't judge by the outside. I judge from the inside of the heart. And you really, it's not even fair for you and I to say to people, you know my heart. No, the Bible says no man I can't know your heart and you can't know my heart. God judges the heart and he judges the outward appearance. So to receive what's inside the box, you gotta open the box. That's what we call the unwrapping process. Write that down. When you begin to unwrap what has been presented to you. Now, when I open the lid of this box, I'm doing something. I'm digging deep to see what's in there. I, I want to know what is in that box. When you unwrap the box, you're, you're digging deep into the process and you're saying, I'm looking for something. <laughs> How many looking for something this morning? Some of you ladies looking for a new diamond. Come on, somebody. Some of you men looking for some new clubs. When I opened the lid of the box, I was digging deep looking for something just like the shepherds did when they were searching for a promise. They were looking deep. They were trying to unwrap the present. Here's a scripture in Luke chapter two and the Bible speaking here of when the angel came and spoke to the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flock. And he said, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find, everybody say you will find. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And when the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. Say, let's go. They said, let's go to Bethlehem 
Then they said, let's see. Say, let's see. So they have said, so far, let's go and let's see based on the angel saying, you will find. When God gives you a you will find, you have to respond with a let's go, let's see. Amen. And the shepherd said, I'm going to see what's in this thing. I'm going to search this out. And then the Bible said in verse 16, they hurried. (laughs) They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in a manger. Be not confused. This is the shepherds, not the wise men. The shepherds hurried up. They hurried to let's go and they hurried to let's see. And when God gives you a commandment and says, I want you to do this or do that, we cannot say let's go and let's see, but let's be lazy about it. The Bible said they hurried. (laughs) And and that's how it is, you know, at our house, when the grandbabies are opening up a present, they are hurrying about it. They will be hurrying about it this afternoon. They want to rip them open. They don't care how pretty the package is. They don't care how much time was spent pressing and sealing and taping and all that kind of stuff. They just like whoosh, rip it open. How many know what I'm talking about? They in a hurry. They want to see what's inside. And, and like the shepherds, they were digging deeper. Let's go. Let's see. And they hurried and they were looking for something that had been told to them in their spirit. And you and I are like those shepherds in the form of disciples because we are ever learning, seeking to find answers, looking to Jesus, our blessed hope, and asking him to show us and give us revelation. Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. Show me the kingdom of God. Give me revelation. Give me truth. Give me wisdom. I don't want what they say on the news to feed my mind. I want the truth of you. I don't want the, what Hollywood is saying to feed my mind. I want the truth of you. I'm not concerned about what's coming out of Washington so much as what your word says about my life and my future. So I got to unwrap the word. I got to dig deep enough to get what God has for me. Can I get an amen from somebody? He always taught a parable, a story, a parable which Jesus taught in parables. The Bible said he spoke not lest he spoke in parables. A parable is an earthly story that reveals a heavenly truth. And when Jesus spoke to us, he was always trying to tell us something earthly to reveal something kingdom. So that's what happens when you unwrap the present, you begin to get the truth. You begin to see what's inside. Come on, somebody. And what we find out when we open up Jesus is we find his way of doing things. So then if there is the outward appearance and then there's the opening up, then there is the unexpected gift. The true gift of Christmas comes in unexpected ways and places. Perhaps it's an act of kindness, even from strangers who help you when your car breaks down on the side of the road and you get a flat. That's helping someone. That's unexpected. Because today, you don't pull over for nobody. Amen? It's unexpected when someone is kind to you. It's unexpected when someone gives you an unconventional gift. Who said you had to go to Macy's? Who said you had to dumpster dive at Neiman Marcus? Who said 
You had to buy the latest and the greatest and unless it was Michael Kors. I don't care if you got it down at the mall or got it out of somebody's back trunk. Well, some of you ladies be like, well, I care. I would say an unconventional gift maybe is a homemade gift or even a simple gesture of thoughtfulness. That carries great significance. When you have an unconventional gift that you would give to someone, then there is community support. When you su surround people who are going through some type of crisis or hardship by providing them food or clothing and shelter, that is an unexpected gift to help somebody who's in need. People in need of food, shelter, and clothing aren't really interested in knowing what the name brand is. They just need help immediately. Last week, a neighbor in our house, uh, in our housing addition, their home blew up, caught on fire. I heard the blast and didn't know what it was. And I ran and looked out all the windows. And then I went upstairs and looked across and I saw a house on fire and the sirens and the, and the, and the fire truck. They lost everything a few days before Christmas. And I got a response from the homeowner this morning who said, he thanked us for the prayers and he said, we're going to rebuild here because of the community support. We have had so much support from our community. We want to stay right here in this community. And I thought to myself, well, that's saying something when your community shows up enough and supports that is unconventional. It is an unexpected thing that when people rally together and help people that are in need, I think that is a beautiful gift that we should give to people. I also think that an unexpected gift is when you see family reconciliation. I'm gonna preach in here and make somebody mad and make somebody happy. When estranged family members reconnect and reconcile and bury the hatchet, not in each other's back, <laughs> but they bury the hatchet and they say, let's forgive and forget. Let's go on. I know you stole her recipe, but I'm going to forgive you. I know that while the funeral was taking place, you snuck out of the funeral and went and got in the closet and got all Mamaw's uh, possessions that she was going to hand off to the heirlooms to us. I forgive you for stealing like you, you, you thief you are. I forgive you. Come on, smile. <laughs> I'm making stuff up as I go, but I want you to understand we all come together and we won't talk to each other. We carry these grudges against one another. It is an unexpected thing when family reconciliation happens. Someone who's the bigger person, oh, it's going to get quiet here. Someone is the bigger person and says, I, I, I know, I don't even remember how all of this started, but I want to be the first to say, I'm sorry. And I don't apologize and say, well, if I've offended you, no, I'm sorry. God was the first giver in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave, say he gave, yes. his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He is the first giver and we are too supposed to give freely as well. But we live in a stingy society where we try to get for what we can get before anybody else can get it. You witnessed that this week. I went out yesterday. God help me. 
the driving, people's driving. They were driving so fast to get somewhere like that and fighting over parking spots. I pulled into this spot and sat there for a minute and like 10 people waiting on my spot. I thought, well, I'm gonna have to sit here all day just to spite these people. I'm just gonna leave it in reverse with my foot on the brake. Come on, somebody, you know that ain't right. That is not right. Look at some witnesses. Look at some witnesses around here. Uh, it was awful. It was just awful. But going back to the thought that we're to freely give, we're to always stay in a mindset that I'm going to give to you freely. Freely means that I'm not giving anything with strings attached. I'm not giving, now you owe me. No, no, no. You don't owe me nothing. I'm giving to you this freely. That's just like tithe and offering. You don't, you don't give just so you can get to pick the color of the carpet in the church. <laughs> Who does that? We don't do that. We give freely. We give to the Lord freely. We give to our family freely. We give to others freely. The worst thing you can do is give a loan to a friend. Just give them the money. Because you ain't never going to get it back. And you're going to be bitter and upset. Oh my, my, my. We're to give freely. Oh, it's quiet in here. The Bible said in Matthew 10 and 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, so freely give. Give with no strings attached, not expecting anything in return. Give things that you would want to receive yourself. Why is it that when the church is having a canned food drive, somebody gonna reach under the sink and for a rusty can that's been in there for 10 years and try to say, well, I'm giving this to the Lord. Give what you would wanna get. Oh, it's quiet in here now. I'm speaking to some re-gifters right here, right now. I know you. <laughs> What's really sad is when they give you the gift you gave them. Amen? That's real bad. What do you think is inside of this box? Well, before I show you, I want to say something else. There's a lot of hustle and bustle during this season. We're running here, we're running there, we're running yonder, we're buying online, we're going to the mall, we're getting ingredients, we're for cookies and cakes and pies. And by the way, I wanna thank Sister Lisa Hubbard for making us the world's famous lemon drops. That had diabetes written all over it. And I'm telling you, it was so good. It was the delicious lemon drops. But in this season, we're asking people who have everything what they want. You asking people, what do you want? They have everything. They buy what they want all year long. And you saying, what do you want? We're trying to find out people's sizes without them knowing about it. We sneaking into closets. Come on, somebody. We're trying to find out what this is. We asking people who have everything, what is it that you want? Come on. And then we get flustered because time is ticking and tomorrow is Christmas. And there are some men in this room who haven't even started shopping yet. I have a, this is a good note for all you. Cash works great. Wrap it up in a, in a tissue or something. In a bag or something. Cash works great. This should be a happy time. 
not a hurried time. This should be a time of reflecting on Jesus, not screaming at your kid in the aisle at Walmart. That's not happy. Fluster, stress, strain. This morning, I have a gift inside this box that is a great reminder to me of the season. And it's some jingle bells. I want to give you a few before I close this morning. And that first of all is the jingle of expectation. There was a great expectation at the birth of Jesus Christ in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. When they got this word from the prophet, their hope filled their heart. Hope was there. And this month has had much anticipation for all of us. We've had so many exciting things that have happened around this church. We have a nursing home ministry, our food pantry outreach, feeding the homeless, our dream team appreciation dinner, our Christmas musical last Sunday, our international Christmas service this past Wednesday, small groups that have gathered all month and showered love on one another. And all this anticipation and all of this excitement and everybody's here on Christmas Eve to celebrate Jesus. This is what Israel was looking for. They were looking for the king. They were looking for him. They were looking for wonderful. They were looking for the wonderful healer, the wonderful teacher, the wonderful shepherd, the wonderful forgiver of sins, the wonderful redeemer. They were looking for the counselor, the counselor of divine wisdom, the counselor of truth and instruction, the counselor who would be a comfort in the time of trouble and a source of strength. They were looking for the mighty God, the creator of the universe, the sovereign ruler, the miracle worker, the Lord of hosts, the defeater of evil, the sustainer of all things, the conqueror of death and the resurrection of life. They were looking for the everlasting father, the immortal God, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Can I get a witness from somebody who's been looking for the mighty God. They were looking for the prince of peace, the peace speaker, the peace in the middle of a chaos, the resolver of every conflict, the reconciler of your heart, the freedom of fear. Do you have the jingle of expectation in your heart? They were looking for him. Then I would say this morning, the jingle of humility. Jesus' birth was humble. The king of kings was born in the lowly manger, not at Four Seasons Hotel, but the lowly manger. And what an illustration of the mindset that he wants us to have. Not one of haughtiness, but one of humility. Now, please take this the right way. Maybe you or someone in your family, they just walk around real arrogant. If it rained, they'd drown. Come on. The spirit of Christ is to be humble. An illustration is he was born in a lowly manger. We live in a proud world where pride is often glorified. Remember that it was pride that got Satan kicked out of heaven. This is how fast God dealt with Satan's pride. Kicked him right out. And here's some things that I want to say. Stay meek 
don't seek to be elite. In humility, find tranquility. A humble heart is a fresh start. It's not about pride, but the heart inside. Walk in grace, maintain a humble pace. Stay low, let your kindness show. With humility, you will find unity. Avoid self-praise and you'll amaze. Stay meek and mild like a humble child. In humility's embrace, find your place. Pride aside, let humility be your guide. Be gentle, it's essential. Meekness is the path to greatness. A humble soul is a heart made whole. In humility, find serenity. So I would ask you this morning, in what ways can you jingle your humility in this season? to take the jingle of humility to people who are around you. I would say, maybe it's through serving someone else besides yourself. Volunteering more this coming year. Ask yourself, do I embody the humility of Jesus Christ? When people see me, do they see him? And then I would leave you with this one, the jingle of generosity. By the time the wise men found Jesus, and I want everyone to hear this, if you study your Bible, Jesus was living in a house, not a manger. It is believed that he was about two years old by the time the wise men found him. And they came to him. Look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter two. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, not the manger, into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And they opened and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gifts that these wise men brought Jesus were symbolic and they were significant because they represented aspects of Jesus's identity and his mission. Gold is associated with royalty. He is the king of kings. Frankincense is the fragrance that is used in rituals that symbolizes divinity. And myrrh is a fragrance that is used in embalming methods to symbolize death and sacrifice. That there would come a day that Jesus would lay his life down for all of us. And they gave something to Jesus. My question is, are you a giver to him as well? Do you come to church to get or do you come to church to give? Do you go out into the world to get or do you go out in the world to give? Are you a giver to others? We just received a beautiful card from Midwest Food Bank and their pictures on the screen thanking us for our church that showed up a couple times this year and fed all of their staff and, and, and ministered to them and gave them a delicious meal. They sent us a card and said, thank you. Thank you, Sister Angela. They said, thank you for all of you showing up and serving our, our volunteers a meal so that they could be fed. And then we had this year our Samaritan's Purse where we 
blessed 94 children to receive, children who had never been on the list before, to receive a box of presents and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And together we served at Dalton's Food Pantry for the Thanksgiving outreach, along with what they're doing. Uh, Brother Dalton, who is here this morning and is continually every week serving and taking the jingle of the, of the world to Jesus and saying, uh, this is the hope that we have. And so he's serving. And so we thank God for that. Our drive through Food Pantry. And as we feed the homeless families and the thousands of people that we feed every year. And then we took our food truck to the elementary schools and fed all of the teachers and all of the staff and the children who needed help. Come on, somebody. This is the gospel. And then we went to the apartment complexes and did the night out against crime. And we shared the love of God in a practical way by sharing food and ministering to people and praying with them. And then we even went with the fire department to the Wayne Township uh, a Cemetery and cleaned up the cemetery that was ancient and nobody had touched for years and gave great honor and respect. We were jingling all the way to Jesus. We were, we were showing what love looks like. We were giving. This is the way that we give. You can give by donating to your church. You can give by volunteering your time and your skill. You can adopt a family that's in need and say, how can I bless you? You can write an old-fashioned card or an old-fashioned letter. You can go visit the elderly in the nursing home who haven't seen anybody since their family dropped them off 10 years ago. Come on, somebody. You can bake and share something from your kitchen. You can give blood and bless somebody. You can create a care package for a college student or a military person. Just be present or pray for others. That is a way to jingle all the way to Jesus. Amen. Then there's the jingle of God's presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you carry the jingle of God's presence with you? What if I wore this on my hip? There was a guy in our church when I grew up, he wore a big set of keys on the side of his, anybody say those people that wear them on the side of their belt? That thing was so big, it was, I don't know how he got along. I thought, you know, eventually he'd have to go see the chiropractor. He's all been over. He had them keys. Everywhere he went, you could hear him coming. We called him Mr. Bojangles. Us church kids, we ain't right. We got nicknames for everybody. Come on. Don't look at anybody. Here come Mr. Bojangles. Every time he'd get up to testify and he'd be jangling around. I just want to thank the Lord. Anyhow, this is what I'm trying to get you to understand is that you, when you carry the jingle of Jesus in your life, you carry his presence and people will hear you before they see you. That means that God is with you. Matthew 1, 23 said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God is with us. His eminence is present with us. He is with us 24-7. He never, ever leaves us. No matter what we go through, death, despair, disease, divorce, rough times, things we didn't account for. 
I read this story during one particularly challenging Christmas season. A woman named Kelly was grappling with the recent loss of her husband. The holiday season, which had once been a time of joy and togetherness, had become a painful reminder of her loss. And on Christmas Eve, Kelly attended a candlelight service at her church. She had a feeling of sadness and longing. The congregation began to sing carols and the familiar story of the birth of Jesus. Kelly felt this deep sense of emptiness while sitting in a room full of people who were happy. And after the service, a fellow church member named Emily approached Kelly, knowing that her recent loss had happened. And Emily invited Kelly to join her and her family the next day for Christmas dinner. Kelly hesitated at first, but eventually accepted the invitation and she was grateful to have companionship in her life. On Christmas morning, Kelly arrived at Emily's house and she was welcomed by Emily's family, her children. And as the day unfolded, she couldn't help but notice the love and the joy that was in that house. Emily's children played games, laughter filled the air. Everyone shared stories and shared memories and it was just a happy time. And during dinner, as they sat around the table holding hands to say grace, Kelly felt an overwhelming sense of God's presence. And she realized that even in the midst of her grief and her loss, that God had brought her into the loving support of a community. She felt a renewed sense of hope. She felt a reminder of the true meaning of Christmas, the gift of love, compassion, and the presence of God that was found in the presence of other people. And Kelly's experience that Christmas served as a reminder that God's presence can be found in the kindness and love of other people. Especially when someone is going through a hard time. When a community pulls together and says, I got you, that's the presence of God. You don't even have to have lots of hoopla and everybody know what you're doing and taking a picture of yourself serving the homeless. You know, to do that, you just be present and you help people. And I wonder if we will take the jingle of Jesus this year into our homes and our families and in our community for those that have lost a loved one and are hurting this year and maybe they don't know how to cope and they don't know how to manage and it's been a very, very difficult season and time in their life. I would say that we are to carry the jingle of Jesus to the world, amen? To carry the jingle of Christ everywhere we go. And so as I close this morning, the Bible teaches us that there can be the jingle of joy. The jingle of joy. In Psalm 28, 7, the Bible says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I will praise him. Jesus said in John 15, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. Are you struggling to receive that this morning? There is joy and there is a jingle that comes from the joy of Christ. In Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life and you fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Paul said in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, 
we can jingle the joy of Jesus because he is our salvation. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. He is our way maker. Hallelujah. He is my hope, my peace, and my purpose. He is my guidance, and he is my comfort. And the Bible said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I rejoice today that I belong to him. I rejoice today that I can carry his presence with me, that everywhere I go, I'm taking the jingle all the way to Jesus. I was thinking this morning as our little sister Nyla sang on the praise team for the first time. Where's your mother at? Where you at, sis? Amen. What joy was to see your daughter up here singing. Sister Shy, this past year, had to bury her parents, one or, two, one or two of them, I believe, both of her parents this year. And she's here this morning, surrounded by a community that loves her. Also this year, Nyla had to say goodbye to her dad and bury him. And here she was up here singing this morning. Sister Nyla, we will give you this joy this morning. I tell you, we love you. I believe that we should carry the joy of Jesus everywhere we go. I've only got 200 of these. <laughs> but if you would like to carry the jingle to G all the way to Jesus this year, just come up and get one. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm carrying the jingle all the way to Jesus. This is gonna be a landmark year for us. Amen. As we share the love of God and we embrace our brothers and sisters in the, our community and we carry the presence of God, amen. That's what it's about. Loving people into the kingdom. Now, if we run out of jingle bells, Wrestle your neighbor down to the ground and take theirs. I'm teasing. Let's stand all across this place today. This week, we're going to jingle all the way to Jesus. This year, we're going to carry the jingle of expectation. 2024, we're about to release our new theme in, for 2024. And it's gonna be a powerful word for this church. I'm excited to share it with you. I have expectation. This has been the year of all in wonder.
This year, we're going to carry the jingle of humility. We're going to walk before the Lord and allow Him to do His very best work in us. We're going to carry the jingle of generosity. We're going to find people that need and we're going to give. We're going to carry the jingle of God's presence everywhere we go. Let them call me Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> Let them say, here, here comes that person that loves Jesus as I jingle all the way up the hallway. When you show up tomorrow at your family event, carry the jingle of God with you. Carry the jingle of God's presence. We're going to jingle with eternal joy knowing that our names have been written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Today, I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Those of you that are coming, come, just keep coming. But before we leave here today, I call each of us to celebrate the birth of Christ within our heart. Filled with hope, filled with love and gratitude, even in the midst of the challenges of a world that is lost, I can find hope and I can find peace. And the Bible said that they that call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. I'm gonna ask you right where you're standing this morning to call on Jesus. Ask him to bring the joy of his jingle into your life again. Call on Jesus and ask him to be Lord of your life. Father, I'm asking you, God, to minister to every person in every home that is here. And we will carry your presence with us everywhere we go. We'll ask our prayer team to come to the front, all of our pastors and elders and deacons. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I need a miracle in my life and I need healing in my life. And you want to be prayed for. The Bible said they that, they that are sick call. Let them call for the elders of the church and let them anoint with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Then I want you to come right now. We're going to sing this song. Anyone need prayer? Anyone need prayer? Whatever the need is, we're going to be praying with you. Just before we leave here today, would you come? Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center.